G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby, who's the Queensland State Director. Wendy Francis, welcome along. Always love talking to you, Neil. Uh, Wendy, such a tragic and sad story that has dominated the news over the weekend and since late last week, and issues to do with safety for women now in light of the Eurydice Dixon rape and murder in Victoria. I know you'll have some thoughts on this, but uh, certainly safety for women has become the big issue that comes out of uh, this dreadful attack. And uh, even over the weekend, uh, offensive paint markings on the uh, on the land just near where there's a, a memorial to Eurydice. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole dreadful circumstance? Just so sad, and so sad for um, everybody involved, uh, certainly for her family and friends, but sad for every single Australian. And, I mean, in a perfect world, we should be able to walk through a park and where we like without fear of violence, but the truth is that our world is not perfect, and um, particularly women uh, do need to be careful where they where they go, at night, particularly at night. And whilst I, I wish that that wasn't the case, that is the case. But this should never happen. Um, the thing that uh, I guess really grates with me too, Neil, is that um, we, on the one hand, believe that um, the pornographic sort of society that we're living in and the pornography that is available 24-7 on our phones and, and on computers, we, we overlook that and believe that it's just uh, it's just a nothing, it's, it's just a pastime, it's something that particularly men do. And yet 88% of pornography is depicting violence against women. And, and I, it, it, to me, it's astounding that we are surprised when we are, we are seeing now the average age of first exposure to quite serious pornography is between 11 and 13, particularly for boys. And then we seem surprised um, when something tragic like this happens. We see the promotion of movies like Fifty Shades and the, the whole storyline of it glamorises uh, violence against women. And then we are surprised when we have these incredibly sad times that we go through as a nation when we mourn the loss of a young life. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very sad about it, but it makes me angry that we don't do something, that we can do things to actually say, you know, there, there is a cause and effect thing happening here. That we've lost, we've lost the concept of dignity, we've lost the concept of respect for humanity in many ways. As, as you say, Wendy Francis, a huge contradiction because uh, all of the criticisms that might come to the police are all about, you know, in a perfect world, this sort of stuff wouldn't happen. And, uh, you know, the idea of uh, of uh, even talking about uh, women taking care, uh, caution uh, on their way home while they're walking alone uh, and, and actually... Uh, talking about uh, protection measures, actually bringing guilt back onto women. Uh, these sorts of issues just are, uh, are very, very difficult to deal with. But as we say, 
a huge contradiction here. And as you're pointing out, while there are lots of people who want to see the safety and protection for women, uh, there's not many people speaking up to, uh, to argue against some of the causes that are causing these sorts of things to happen. No, and we're seeing, like, we are just, um, the, the results are all in. The, the rise in pornography use is, is, in, is causing marriage breakdowns, it's causing dysfunction in families, but also um, uh, actual physical dysfunction, particularly in men. It's a huge problem. But I do think that it comes down to um, that we are accepting, on the one hand, violence against women as being something that's completely normal and harmless, and when it actually happens in real life, and pornography is actually affecting people in real life, um, but when it happens to, to a young woman like this, we're, we're all very much affected. We need to start stopping the people falling over the cliff and just the ambulance down the bottom. And we need to start understanding that, that women deserve dignity and, and they are human beings that deserve respect not just in real life, but when you're looking at it on a screen as well, it is affecting our our, um, society. As I understand it, Wendy Francis, uh, there's an expectation that as many as 10,000 people have indicated that they're going to attend a vigil that's planned at Prince's Park tonight, and uh, there may actually be some concurrent vigils that are being held around the nation in other capital cities, including Sydney, Adelaide, Perth, and in Hobart, uh, the idea that women will get out on the streets and protest here, uh, this idea that women are sick of being told to stay safe. I wonder whether you've got any uh, certain common sense uh, to add to the sorts of things that uh, that perhaps uh, feminists who are saying women are sick mm-hmm. of being told to stay safe, uh, and they're critical mm-hmm. of the police giving the stay safe message. Mm. Well, well you know, on the one hand, we are we shouldn't have to be told to stay safe, but the truth is we do have to be told to stay safe. And when there's a danger, when there's a present danger, then the police are responsible to warn us against that danger and to advise how we will actually protect ourselves from that danger. So if somebody was going to walk through a, a forest where we knew that there were there was a nest of snakes, we would warn them against that and we would tell them how to avoid actually um, coming across those snakes. You know, it's, we, wouldn't, we, would, we would be sensible, even though we wish that we didn't have to be. We wish we could just frolic through the forest. And so when, when there is a present danger, it's, it's incumbent on the police to warn us. And so to in any way say that they're um, sexist or anything, is, I think, is madness. But at the same time, of course, that's what we wish for. We wish... For, um, for a safe world. And, and, I mean, this is why they put in lighting and they put in, um, you know, uh, cameras and things to try and ensure our safety. So there's lots of things that the police do, and one of them is to warn women uh, and to advise them on how to keep safe. We, don't, we wish it didn't have to happen, but they are doing the right thing. And the feminist argument here, the focus on safekeeping routines are problematic in that they shift responsibility for men's violence back on women. And uh, there is a a little bit of a a concern with that, uh, except sometimes these attacks are from people that women know and trust. And so there's no real fail-safe silver bullet answer to all of this. Uh, There is going to have to be those stay-safe messages, as you say. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, And it's... It's across the board, yep. 
Wendy, let's move on. Uh, of course, Federal Parliament sitting again this week, uh, the next two weeks. Uh, popular support for Malcolm Turnbull has hit its highest level since the last election, but the Prime Minister has failed to lift support for the government. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the latest perceptions of how the government's governing and maybe even along the lines of what we might be headed towards uh, with an election, perhaps even later this year? Well, I don't think we're seeing in Australia at the moment statesmen. Um, I don't think we're seeing people who we are keen to follow. We're not seeing leaders. And this is a sad thing because we're looking for leadership. We're seeing uh, disagreement amongst parties. We're seeing egos. Um, We are seeing parties, particularly our two major parties, that are almost indiscernible on many of the um, lefty sort of ideas that are coming out and, uh, you know, gender stuff and all that. We're seeing very little difference. And we, we want, people are wanting, um, you know, it, it's, it talks in the Bible about getting back to the ancient ways. Well, I'm not talking about going back to ancient ways, but people are looking, even with what we've just spoken about, we're looking to going back to an understanding of respect for each other, for dignity, and I don't know that we're seeing that in our in our political parties. I mean, we see fighting between um, Pauline Hanson and her former One Nation Senator Brian Burstyn as well. We're seeing it not just in the major parties, but you know the importance I think um, in any team is to be unified, and and we're not seeing this sense of unity. The, one of the last prayers that Jesus prayed for his people before he he went back to his father was that we would be. Um, in unity, and unity is key, whether it's in the church or in politics or in the workplace or on the sports field. And, and without unity, I think we fail. And I'm not seeing a unified position coming out of the government at the moment. A very important perspective you bring, Wendy Francis, when you say that uh, what Australians are seeing, and sometimes we say, uh, let's not get too hung up on the polls, and it creates a nice headline on a Monday morning, but uh, politicians will say the only one that counts is the one that happens on election day, but what you're saying is it's actually sending a message uh, that Australians are just not seeing the sort of statesman-level leadership that we expect to see from a prime minister or a leader of the opposition. Uh, that's a pretty significant thing and uh, perhaps one to keep in mind. I, I believe so, because not that, not that we're looking for a leader that we agree with all the time, but we're looking for a leader who has convictions and that will stand by those convictions and we're looking for a leader whose convictions can be clearly stated and we can understand where they're coming from. We're just not seeing that today. Uh, Wendy, one of those issues that has been prominent uh, in the way that the Australian Christian Lobby has been talking about things just in recent weeks, this idea of the incidents of alleged money laundering and large-scale prostitution rackets as reported in the advertiser, and uh, raising a warning against the Greens' proposal to decriminalise prostitution in South Australia. So uh, uh, for Adelaide and South Australian listeners, uh, what are your thoughts on on what's happening there with the way they're talking about their prostitution laws? I was just down in Adelaide last week, and I was there with one of our um, foremost uh, feminist um, academics in Australia, and her, her name is Dr Helen Pringle. And she was also talking on, on this prostitution stuff. And what we have seen right around Australia, as, as Australian states have decriminalised prostitution, the legal has actually attracted more illegal. So in Queensland, where I live, UQ, a university, um, they had a human trafficking working group 
led by one of our law academics, they found that most of the state's prostitution industry remains unregulated or illegal, uh, up to 92% of it. In New South Wales, when brothels were decriminalised in 1995, by 1999, so four years later, the, the numbers of brothels had just gone crazy. That increased hugely. Uh, so what we've seen is legal has attracted illegal. So South Australia at the moment are considering legalising their prostitution legislation. This is actually a Wild West idea. It's it's not um, something that is uh, is uh, even global best practice. So global best practice now is actually the Nordic model of prostitution legislation. It originated in Sweden, but it's now in lots of countries. It's in um, Norway, it's in Iceland, it's in France. France is probably the best um, representative of it, actually. They, but Ireland, Northern Ireland, um, it's in uh, Canada. Uh, there's got variations of it in Finland and South Korea. So it's in all of these places that are actually... Uh, progressive that advocates for social and cultural change. So it, it recognises prostitution basically as being violence against women. Um, it, it, it sort of says that having sex is not a human right, but the right to live free from discrimination is. And so um, when, as, a, as South Australia wants to reframe prostitution just as a commercial transaction, what it's doing is actually just hiding the truth about the harm and abuse that occurs. When for every woman, if we say that any woman is available to purchase as a commodity, then it makes it okay for any woman to be seen in that way. So there's a lot of work to do, but Adelaide um, was a really good time last week when I was down there, and we are hoping to be able to really influence the parliament there to advocate for social change, not just to, as I say, introduce a wild west form of, of prostitution legalisation. Well, there is a process of change that is being thought through deeply and uh, I think as we listen to you, Wendy Francis, an expectation that somehow or other someone will break the mould and try something different uh, in, in order to protect women. Uh, one yep. last uh, issue to talk about because uh, you might have some insights into where the government might be at right now. Uh, they are still deliberating their position on religious freedom, but we have two weeks of sitting parliament ahead. I wonder whether you think that this might be a timely uh, time for the government to make some sort of announcement about their religious freedom stance. Any insights? I think it will be um, because the, the results are, are we expect them to be publicly released within a matter of days or weeks yeah, because the government has already seen the final report, we know that, and it's working on its response as, as we speak. Um, we, we were promised last year that when we voted for um, about marriage, we were promised that same-sex marriage would change nothing other than the right of two people who love each other to marry. But the law on marriage used to tell us not only what marriage is, but it, it, it informed us on gender. It, it informed us that gender was ordered a particular way and that sexuality was um, directed towards a particular end and family, the family structure um, is around both gender and biology. So there was this, and I will use the word, it was a heteronormative foundation for society. That was our foundation. It wasn't that there weren't people who were um, acting in a different way, but, but this understanding taught us a lot about what human relationships really look like. But now the law of marriage tells us something very different. It tells us that gender doesn't matter. It tells us that sexuality is fluid and open-ended, and it tells us that family is whatever we say it is. That's what the law now tells us. And it is really serious because 
in our legal system, our laws are rules governing what is right and what is wrong. And so really anybody now who believes a traditional understanding of marriage um, is actually, strictly speaking, that we're actually believing something that is against the law. And so there are a lot of ramifications for that. And so what what we have been, ACL has been really advocating for is we've been advocating for a response from the government that basically says, um, like in 1 Timothy 2.2, it says that, um, that we want everybody to be able to lead a peaceful and quiet life, um, godly and dignified in every way. And so we want the government to allow us to lead that peaceful and quiet life. So we don't, we're not wanting to have to go and um, protest everything that happens. But when you've got staff in big organisations like Qantas who uh, are trying to very desperately to resist internal pressure to, to conform to a certain message, we need to actually stand up. The, the concerns that many people have are not hypothetical. Things are already happening in Australia. Religious institutions, schools, all these sort of places are being pressured to select staff who share different beliefs around marriage, gender, sexuality and family. And so it's really important and I would encourage everybody to pray um, that the government's response will permit people of faith to continue to do what we have always done and restore the freedoms that we, we previously have enjoyed. It is very serious and there is a general cynicism in the Christian commentators that I talk to uh, that there will be a, a wonderful response, a wonderful outcome in all of this, uh, the idea that there'll be plenty of fanfare and promises of wonderful, peaceful, harmonious resolution uh, and uh, the devil in the detail when it comes to how churches, how people of faith will be affected by the idea that uh, somehow or other uh, our uh, freedoms are going to be curtailed. Uh, no doubt there'll be lots to talk about when the government does make its uh, announcement. Uh, Wendy Francis, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us again today. I'll point people to the Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au, there you can find good resources and Christian commentary on the things that are happening in our nation today. Wendy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.